Hey DER Task Force members, we're trying something new this week. As many of you know, our DERTIF hosts have an active Twitter presence, and they always have lots of thoughts and ideas on current events in the energy world. With Ukraine being the most impactful energy current event, much of the conversation is centered around events happening in Europe, but it all seems to relate to topics of global trade, energy independence, and of course, James is going to bring up getting off the US dollar as the world currency. All right, Duncan will dive into the opening quote. But more than ad hoc solutions were needed. The oil crisis was already forcing the United States and its European allies into much tighter integration of supply activities. An inter-allied petroleum conference was established in February 1918 to pool, coordinate, and control all oil supplies and tanker shipping. Its members were the United States, Britain, France, and Italy. It proved effective at distributing the available supplies among the Allied nations and their military forces. By the very nature of their domination of the international oil trade, however, Standard Oil of New Jersey and Royal Dutch Shell really made the system work, though they continually argued about who was making the larger contribution. That joint system, along with the introduction of convoys as an antidote to the German U-boats, solved the Allies' oil supply problems for the rest of the war. Dude, that was the longest fucking quote ever. <laughs> also, is that like the History Channel, right? That like yes, there's yeah. Daniel Jurgen. <laughs> yep, yeah. it's got to be the prize. Yeah, I mean, that's there's the no prize. other. There's no other choice. I, I like that quote. Um, in one, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about oil. Um, but two, this sort of like in emergency times, energy always ends up being sort of like centrally rationed and planned around. Um. Even, yeah, but there was like seven oil ago. tankers a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be pretty hard to do these days. Do you think the president accelerated the construction of new oil tankers? I think there wasn't even any rules around <laughs> what you could build in the first place. Now, just joking about. I today. think the, the president would not be president for long if they were like, "Hey, you can't build oil anymore." Or maybe I don't know. Maybe that's not true. We did crazy stuff back in the day. Crazy stuff. My favorite oil story is I think it was like 1937. Um West Texas was like we had just discovered it and we were producing independent producers were producing so much oil that the governor of Texas sent in the Texas Rangers to like stop everyone from pumping oil cuz it had cratered the price <laughs> so badly. <laughs> So they just like rolled up like probably on horseback and we're just like, stop making oil. Price too low. Yeah. It's too low. I don't know. If, I mean, you got to control that supply. We used to do some cowboy shit back in the day. Well, I mean, some people would say Biden's doing that cowboy shit right now by not letting you frack on oil on federal lands. So. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's kind of. It's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same. I mean, it's not it's just an West aberration. Texas. Yeah. It's like we've done stuff like that forever. We used to like not even be able to export natural gas, like in the up 70s. until like not too long ago. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It also wasn't able to be used for power. Power, yeah, which is like crazy by it's the law. Best used yeah. for it, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like, wild. Yeah, we've it's... done so much dumb stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but honestly, the federal land thing is like not that bad in comparison to like bad energy policies. Well, yeah, isn't the whole federal lands thing kind of symbolic, right? Like. I don't know this firsthand, but I always hear that like no one was really trying to lease that land anyway. It was it was a way yeah. to like declare victory for the, the climate. I feel like Keystone Pipeline was probably 
like actually impactful. Yeah. But we're talking about Russia and uh, invading Ukraine and how everything is about energy out of whack right now. I th- I honestly am thinking of the the what is it the end of the world clip we all grew up on E bombs world. What was I that? am the tire. No, like, like, <laughs> Putin is shooting everybody. <laughs> like, Fire the missiles. I had that in my head this entire time. It was like, like the first thing that went viral. Yeah, on I'm the like internet. shit is fucked up right now, and it feels like that where just you know it's like everything's going crazy. E-bombs world. That's a great reference. That's, that's I haven't heard cut. that. That's that, a deep uh, cut. That deep cut. The guy made another time. one and it was like bad. Yeah, you can't. It was like all that. about like Trump and stuff. We're like, dude, this is a totally different. Like, no, the nineties were different. Like this doesn't work <laughs> anymore. The, the golden age of, uh, yeah. of internet content. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a lot to unpack here. Cause like there's what's really going on. And then there's, just everyone's come out of the woodwork with their own hot takes. Yeah, there's a lot of like meta analysis to yeah. here. So it's like an interesting phenomenon where like actually energy is the central issue of like a global conflict. And so then that even emboldens people to like even more like put their pet project out there. Like so yeah. it's like whatever corner of the world you're looking at, there's like good there's like a bad energy take or like or you know, there's good ones too, obviously, but Right. So let's just back up for a hot second here. Right. So where do we start? I think we start with why is energy so central to this conflict? Right. There's I mean, energy central to a lot of conflicts, to be fair. A lot of things happen around oil. But basically, Russia's decision to invade Ukraine has resulted in in two things. One is obviously. Well, obviously, everything that's happening in Ukraine is really awful and and terrible and there's a lot of unrest happen like, you know whatever a lot of bad things there i think we're not down which with, we're like, not what yeah which like putin invade we're not like getting you into, don't even need to say it right yeah, but we're gonna to say, say it anyway <laughs> we're gonna say it anyways i guess um but really as the west tries to figure out how to respond to that the the basic item becomes well russia supplies gas 11 percent of global Oil oh, and gas, or global. just oil, and forty percent of European and forty percent of European like, natural yeah. gas. And so, if you start, like, if you keep purchasing that, then you're essentially funding Russia. Yeah. And if you stop purchasing that, then of their all GDP. of a sudden you have a huge energy crisis. There's like, yeah, it's basically any harm we inflict on Russia, we're going to inflict on ourselves. And honestly, like Putin definitely knew that. Like, that's part of why I think he's so emboldened. Is like. Europe can't not buy my natural gas because they're literally they don't gonna, want to freeze. They're going to freeze yeah. to death. Like yeah. literally, <laughs> it's not a good situation at all. Yeah. Although interestingly, like if he, if like Europe wasn't reliant on Russia and he wanted to invade Ukraine, like there would be no, like if he sold all the gas to China and that was where the infrastructure was, like there'd be no downside for him invading also. Right. Right. It's sort of like. I mean, they are. They're definitely doing that. Like they literally just recently announced like another pipeline. They can't like absorb all. Well, that was was kind of like the. It's not easy. There's definitely an element of Russia kind of knows China. If doesn't actively supports him or at least going to try and stay neutral. And 
will try to absorb a lot of Russian commodities. It's mm-hmm. never going to like completely offset stuff, but that's obviously like knows in the back of his mind that like they'll still buy. That's his like they'll happily buy his cheap commodities, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, you know, obviously the expectation is like not only um, like Europe's going to have to continue buying their oil and gas. And now he's even adding insult to injury, like saying you have to buy, you know, what did he say? Um, uh, or what did Russia say? Like aggressive nations or something like that. Like uh, non-friendly nations must buy our gas in ruble. So now really? like Europeans wow. have to either start buying rubles on an open market, which is going to like, make their currency weaker against that. And so gas is like buying Russian gas. It's adding insult to injury. They're going to be paying them even more money and making the ruble stronger, or they have to start selling goods to Russia and that'll violate the sanctions to generate rubles. So they're honestly like fucked. Like there's no way out of this with the, you know, the global economy is very dependent on Russia, especially Europe. So the U.S. did come out and do a buy-side embargo of oil and gas and, like, sanctioned some banks on SWIFT or whatever, but Europe has not because <laughs> there's, I mean, like, there's no... There are no options. Yeah, yeah. there's no... Yeah. And even the options they have are still... Now Now Putin's even going further and saying, not only are you going to continue buying my oil and, oil and gas, but I'm actually going to weaken your currency against mine, or you can start breaking your other sanctions against me and and selling me stuff. Yeah. This is very random, but one thing this makes me think of is like as the energy transition happens, old plants, we should just keep them around. They're like the backup generators for the grid. Like if I'm in the UK right now, like fire up the coal plants. Yeah. Right? Like (laughs) Yeah, yeah. like whatever whatever source you have. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. Sort of mothball them, have them there for things like this. Yeah. With a big pile of rocks outside. <laughs> yeah, just have a plan to, like, fire them up whenever you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, everyone's just talking about how do you get Europe off of gas. Like, even Jesse Jenkins was ta- talking about, like, shipping coal to Europe. And, like, when you've gotten to that point, you're kind of like, okay. <laughs> Things are serious. <laughs> Things are serious. Well, yeah, what about the news that uh, just today uh, – the day we're recording this, yeah, the White House pledged to expedite approvals for, for LNG projects. And I guess there was an element of like coordinating deliveries for existing projects. But yeah, uh, it's an interesting move. Um, I wonder to what extent we can really get more get like, th- doesn't it take a while to like get? Yeah, I mean, anything's going to take a while over there. And- yeah, I mean, you have to like if have conversion facilities you have to ship it there and then they have to have import facilities and then they have to have storage facilities so there's a lot that you need to do but i think they were talking about having um i mean i know iea said they're they're dipping into their reserves right in europe like they're yeah they're dipping into their i mean storage was not that their work yeah was historically getting lower anyways Um, um it does feel, I mean, I know we're like ramping up LNG anyways. I honestly don't know enough about this issue to like actually unpack Same. what this means. It could just be like, I'm taking credit for some a phenomenon that's already happening, <laughs> you know, like, but I, I don't really know, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can actually help fast track permitting or, um, 
coordination that would allow it to go faster. I think yeah. that's really the reality of what they could yeah. do. Um, but I think, you know, on that front, there's get more gas there. There's also electrify, right? Just move people off yeah. of gas, right? Biden also had that but, suggestion of like just building, just sending up heat pumps, which, you know, also isn't really the issue. It's really getting trained people. In yeah, Europe but like none of this, all of this is like long-term stuff. Like I don't know. Next, I, I next winter, in I think a month. luckily we're coming. Well, <laughs> yeah, like mini splits, just like yeah. bang them out. Just bang them out. Yeah, you can install a lot of mini splits. No, but I mean, like, how many mini splits can you? In- like, you're not gonna make up for wartime 40% mobilization. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. Why? Why not? Um, you're not gonna make up forty percent of like if you just like cut off yeah, Russian yeah, natural yeah. gas, and so. I mean, luckily we're like coming out of cooling season. It's not, I mean, heating season for Europe, but like, mm-hmm. I think next winter is like, like challenging. Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Especially yeah. depending on like where months. we go geopolitically. But, um, I think the more fun way into this is like, what's everyone, everyone has like a take and a stance and there's like so much to unpack there. And it's honestly like the best way in of just, you know, you've got like oil and gas bros saying it's, Biden's fault and then Biden saying it's Putin's fault, but they're also like doing all this great stuff that's going to help. And so they're also like taking credit for solutions. You got Mark Andreessen popping off about nuclear and fracking. <laughs> Lots of stuff. You got Chamath being derpilled. Like there's all sorts of shit. Go- like it like broke, it broke the narrative machine in a lot of ways, which is like, is it okay? It's like, it's, it's like a fun, like, time yeah. it's it's a very like generative time where like you can have conversations with people because everyone's trying to like figure out what the hell is going on um what one more in in that list i think is pretty interesting is you also have like sunrise movement calling for yes. capping oil prices right which is kind of strange right. from a climate <laughs> like, organization don't you want inflation you have, to, like you have gavin newsom uh proposing to write every car owner a check to help pay for their gas bill. I think it's like $400 or yeah, something. Yeah, $400 per yeah, But it's like, what? It's, it's like totally Wait, what? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like yeah. subsidizing, uh, you know, gas. Also capping yeah. supply while subsidizing demand is like the dumbest thing on the planet. Well, I, and I don't think those two things were coordinated. <laughs> like, no, that, but I just, no, but I mean like if you're doing a buy side embargo and then also. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's going to raise yeah. prices. So you're going to like give money away incentives to buy more of the thing where the prices escalate. It's like, yeah, it just doesn't make any well, sense. Yeah. This is like this narrative that's being presented that uh, the oil and gas industry is like raking it in right now and like colluding on right. prices and, you know. Uh, but they the, just got like the, shelled for a decade and are like finally taking a profit. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, like the 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 cost of a barrel's gone down, but like at the pump it hasn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, but maybe there's just inertia in the system, and it takes I mean, a while, we do but, that. Like we uh, we get new curves every morning, like pricing and energy an electricity contract, and like right. curves go up, price goes up, our margin stays the same. You know what I mean? Like. There's obviously different players in the system, like if you own physical capacity or whatever it is, but like there's no like market wide collusion around mm-hmm. well, prices. Well, when you cut ten percent of supply out of the system, like there's gonna be a price. Yeah, increase. like most of the price action is in that ten percent. I do think uh it, it's worthwhile to like unpack what people are saying 
and like why and and trying to get it, it get at it from there so like which one do you the, want to start with i like the oil and gas bros saying it's biden's fault okay which is like we just kind of talked about this like you've got federal like he's saying you can't drill on federal lands and like keystone pipeline happened but like what else like is this like is there anything to this i think it's like sentiment right it's kind of yeah. just like he doesn't like us <laughs> you know um, and therefore, oil output is low. Yeah. Like I, no, and, it's just a funny like. Right. I'm not going to invest as a as like a major corporation because like Biden didn't like thank me for my efforts. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, and like this is the whole thing around like capital flight in oil and gas, mm-hmm. um, where um, you know we haven't invested enough capex to like keep production high. I guess I don't really know these things, um, and yeah, it's easy to point to like. <laughs> like we would have been better off yeah. versus like 10 years of but just terrible been like, business since like like yeah. jimmy carter got dragged like everyone gets the president always gets dragged for like yeah. what's happening in energy markets but it's literally like the most insanely global yeah complex system <laughs> it's almost like, never the president no it's like whatever's happening in energy markets today was like the seeds were sown like six years ago yeah i remember being in high school and gas in pennsylvania got to like five dollars a gallon this was george w bush and same thing everyone's like pointing at george w but it's like like, it's bush yeah it's like like, (laughs) (laughs) he definitely didn't do anything (laughs) there's there's no strategic you know um all right so i just watched the clip of bush like there was a terrorist attack and then like he's the reporters find him like on the golf course and then and then he like is like we need everyone to stand against terror and he like gives this very serious speech in like a polo shirt and looks ridiculous like and then he goes shirt. now watch this drive oh and he goes God. and like rips a drive <laughs> and then he gets in the golf court and goes see you in church <laughs> oh i was like this is like what's going on you can't like if you, you can't. showed me a movie i you would be can't. like this is a, this is satire <laughs> <laughs> You remember the video? Can you I imagine go back- if Biden did that. I mean, <laughs> watch, you watch this drive. Um, I also about once Biden a year watch the uh, the shoe getting thrown at Bush video. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the way he dodges it with these like cat like reflexes, it's it's amazing. And I, then he gets yeah. all like squinty eyed at him or something. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Bush would solve this, right? So, uh, <laughs> so basically what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, Halliburton th- would solve this. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So everyone's pointing fingers at Biden. And Biden's like, hold up. And Biden's, they're saying it's Putin's price hike. It's like, look over there. There's Putin. Like, yeah. I didn't do anything. But it's also funny. I get why we want to sanction Russia and like, you know, obviously I'm for that, but it's also a buy side embargo. Like it is, it is. Biden. It's our price. It's hike. our decision. Yeah. It's yeah. our price. Yeah. Hike. Yeah. yeah. In a way, like we didn't, we just have to be cool with that. Yeah. We didn't say, Oh, like Russia, we shouldn't, you know, Europe shouldn't buy 40% of their gas from Russia. Like earlier, you know, we're reacting to everything now. Um, but it, I don't know. It's just a little disingenuous to like solely put it on Putin when he's not the one telling us that we can't buy his gas. Like it was in the seventies, like yeah. um in in the like the yeah, original it's not on the sell side. embargo. Yeah. yeah. 
Colleen's looking at me like. I mean, <laughs> I would say like it's kind of his fault, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I'm not saying, and I'm not even saying, not saying we shouldn't wrong. do it. Yeah. I'm not even saying, saying we shouldn't do you're it. You're saying be honest about the fact that I, like we are, we are choosing, we are choosing to do it. It is, it should be positioned more as like a wartime effort. Yeah. Basically. And not even like, and not even that, like it's more that like, it's just a weak narrative. Like it, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, this is the price of you know, it's the price of fighting freedom. tyranny or whatever price of freedom. They're saying that, but freedom isn't free. Yeah. But you know, that's what like Americans have been told this a lot, like from, you know, the, like we've seen like the Afghanistan, like Afghanistan, like the Iraq war, like, yeah, like Vietnam. Like I think at this point, Americans are pretty tired of us, like paying the price for whatever's going on abroad. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying the Biden administration is coming out with this narrative that I think feels really empty to a lot of people. I hear you know, that. Like it's Putin's yeah. price. Like this is the price of freedom. And people are like, what are you talking about? Like they, I think most people don't care about Ukraine. Like in the U.S. And I'm not saying I like I'm not saying like I don't or I think this is like not bad. But I'm just saying that. I think people like the U.S. population in general is very tired of being like told that there's another foreign conflict that we need to get we involved in. Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there was like 20, like they did a survey and like 20% of Americans were like, we should get involved. Hmm. And I think yeah. that's militarily, but yeah, it's just to say, say yeah, so yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not making a, I'm not making a value judgment here. I'm yeah. saying the Biden administration from is making like a narrative miscalculation by thinking that Americans will be like, yeah, freedom, like mm-hmm. I'll pay higher gases, like especially where our economy is and like coming out of COVID and like all the sacrifices they were asked to make then. Like just think of like a normal working class American. They're just like, what are you talking about? What What is the right narrative then? Uh, I don't know. Or a right narrative, you know, maybe um, the one. I think the energy independence stuff is like more in the line of like, yeah you know, what people would actually respond to Um, or like, you know, the LNG, we're going to bail out Europe or whatever, but we're not getting involved. Um, But I mean, just like if prices are going up, how does one explain that otherwise? Yeah, man, it's tough. I'm not saying there's, I have a better answer. Yeah. Um, I'm just seeing how it lands and I'm like, Ooh, like they're just walking into another shit storm here. (laughs) Like, they had a, like the Biden administration, like pulling out of Afghanistan made them look really bad. Like COVID, the people weren't really happy with a lot of policy there. Like the build back better plan, like didn't make it through. Nobody's uh, happy. Yeah. RIP. Yeah. Um, the, the vaccine mandate got shot down in the Supreme court. So it's just like, it's a lot, a string of losses. And I'm like, this yeah. doesn't feel like they're winning here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's all I'm trying to say. It's just like how I'm seeing people react to it. And it's not like, it's not like people aren't reacting like it's wartime. Oh, definitely like, not. Do you think they are? Like, no, I don't think I'm not so. being crazy. Right? No, 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 like, no, 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 you're not being crazy. You're not being crazy. And I think, um, I mean, I think people are very skeptical of actually being entangled in war. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't think people want that for the most part. Although there are people who do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Back to the Putin's price hike thing. I, 
I'm not sure if there's another way. That's the only like because you could say this yeah. is my price hike. Yeah. Which I guess is honest, but like, come on, you're just like no, and what, you're just feeding the other side's media machine. There. Yeah. Like what what I find really interesting is um, like a lot of the affl- inflation stuff started happening before this, right? Like gas. Oh, absolutely. Gas was moving up before, before like, yeah, I mean, Putin probably chain, saw that gas. and was like, oh, even better time now, like, yeah. to, you know, because people potent. are already feeling the, the pain, but like, whether it's gas or any other commodity or our supply chains are like already really struggling. So just, it just feels like a week out to be like, oh, this is about Putin when everyone knows, like, there's a total reorientation of the global order. And a lot of that is like inflation because our, all of our supply chains are like mangled coming out of COVID mm-hmm. as is. So I think what's, you know, ironically, like I do agree with Luke Grauman's position that what the U S did is the most interesting piece here. That's kind of not as discussed is like, they basically serve, they basically ended the U S dollar global reserve system because they said the, the FX reserves that, Russia has and U.S. dollars are like they're not good anymore. Like they basically they're seized, like suspended, right? Yeah, they yeah. like yeah. seized Europe, Euro, and and U.S. dollar reserves that Russia has on like their central bank balance sheet. I think, and so I don't think they disappeared them though, right? It's just no, kind of like but it's you just can't like, touch it. For yeah, now. it's like yeah. weaponized yeah. it yeah. In, yeah. in a in a way that other countries are gonna be like, wait, well, I have U.S. dollars. Like if I piss like yeah. Uncle yeah. Sam off, like what happens to me? Yeah. So yeah. maybe I should own gold or yuan or any other like yeah. just a f- currency that i know you know and obviously al like kind of really core ally states probably aren't thinking this way but there's tons of countries sure. like yeah like as luke Grumman puts it if you put a list of countries the number of them who like haven't gotten our bad side in the last 50 years there's like four of them you know what i mean so like now that people know that the u.s can weaponize the u.s dollar in this way they're definitely thinking about yeah, how do I protect like, myself? Is this yeah. the global reserve asset? Is this like better than gold anymore? Um, so his point is that that was the right thing to do because we should be getting off the U.S. dollar reserve system, and we did it from a position of strength. So mm. we said like mm. Putin's the aggressor, we're sanctioning them. What we didn't say is like, you know, we don't want to be the the global reserve currency anymore like that's effectively what we're saying but we did it in a way that like projects strength instead of weakness Hmm. and ultimately when you think about inflation it's because you know this long-standing concept of the triffin dilemma which is basically an order if we're the reserve currency it's really simple like we need to fund we need to get enough u.s dollars out into the system for countries to trade with so the only way to really do that is to buy goods from other countries. So what we're doing is strengthening the dollar against other currencies. Like that's by this sort of artifice. Because normally if you do that, like if you're buying more goods from countries than you're selling, like your currency is going to weaken and then, you're, and then imports are going to come back and you're going to start exporting again. But having the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency breaks that. Because they, there remains consistent demand for the dollar against other currencies, regardless of like what we're doing with our imports. So if you look at in 1973, when 
the US dollar reserve system started, like our trade deficit just started exploding. Like that's, that's what killed manufacturing, like is the structure of the US dollar system. So when we think about inflation, and this is why I like, I'm like, okay, it's a buy side embargo. Like there's all this other stuff going on. We don't make anything here. And we're dependent on, you know, it's like on the manufacturing front, like other commodities, but um, it's, it, it's like a function of the structure of the economic system that we built. And so to just be like, this mm -hmm. is Putin's fault is like, we're kind of, it's like an all interwoven thing that's mm -hmm. existed since World War II. So do you think that by the U.S. doing this, we're, it will sort of second order effect help us increase energy independence by being able to bring back more manufacturing? Yes. Is that yeah. what I just heard? Totally. And you see, like, there's already headlines, like the CEO of Intel, like, we're bringing a semi-fab, semiconductor fab to Ohio, which is, like, cool. Ohio loved Trump because Trump said, like, uh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. bringing manufacturing back. But it's happening as a function of this, like, system starting to break down. So, like, long-term, it's a good thing. But short-term, like, there's, like, a lot of pain coming. Like, mm -hmm. in Europe and the U.S., like, ever, like, they're, Biden came out and said recently, like, there's going to be food shortages. Like, it's going to be real. You know what I mean? A, a question. If if you're the leader doing this plan, right? Kind of saying, like, the time is now. Let's let's move away from the, the USD as a global reserve currency. Let's bring manufacturing back, et cetera. Is part of what makes sense there in this moment where our reserve currency still is seen as such to some degree just print a fuck ton of money to help make things happen. I've, I've honestly, <laughs> I've honestly said like, yeah, it, like while you can there's, do it, there's you know, ways like, to, you know, if you're going to strategically like onshore solar and storage and like semiconductors, like if we're smart about what we're actually doing with the money, like you could totally lever up, like make the case, like that. just deficit spend while we can to like get ahead of basically like, while the system's still in place, you can't really, it, it's like hard to naturally onshore. So you can basically just spend via like subsidies to bring stuff home. Mm -hmm. But like, you're going to have to finance that somehow. Yeah. So to just yeah. like sort of juice it and make yeah. it happen faster. Okay. So this I, is... I, I just, I like, like yeah. they should be leaning into the energy independence. They should be leaning into like mm -hmm. the manufacturing narrative. Like there's pieces of it there. But when I hear like it's Putin's price hike, like I don't think there's much con like no one ha no one's like confident. Like no one's like yeah yeah yeah. We know we have a Let's plan. Go. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's kind of like oh, it's his fault. Like it's just like <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. we're still fucked. So I don't care whose fault it is. What? How do we get <laughs> unfucked? Yeah. yeah. Um, when you think about um, sort of these uh, crypto startups, which are un not like Bitcoin, where it's like a totally decentralized protocol, but like. Uh, what's the new one that just raised a ton, like Worldcoin, and like whatever. I'm, Solana might be this. I'm not yeah. sure, but where it, like a company is going to be in control of this yeah. cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. um, and seeks to be the primary yeah. currency. That can never happen, right? Because that company would have enormous power. Yeah, I mean, right? well, central like, banks are saying they're going to do their own digital currencies, which is I, the same thing. It just seems to me like that thesis that a company can be like create this currency and it's like government would just kill you. 
right? Like, I mean, Amazon's going to come out to, like, with the Amazon people. currency, and like, yeah, right? we're all we're all just going to be part of Amazon. Like, <laughs> I don't like Amazon's going to own the world. Like, that's what's going to happen. I, I just don't. I just can't see anyone accepting that. Like, then you become Jack Ma and you disappear. I think. Yeah. Right. Like. Who, totally. Like, there's just outrageous I, power associated with that. I stopped paying attention to a lot of the, like, Solana I'll probably read about now. Because it's, like, each, like, bull cycle crypto goes through. Like, mm-hmm. I I bought, like, a bunch of the altcoins in 2017 and <laughs> just, like, like not doing Did that Did you again. buy KWH coin? Uh, no. Their <laughs> white paper was I, hilarious. I read all the white papers. Oh, that, that was, was Prime enough. Colleen, Green Tech Media. Oh, that was my job, like, was to read yeah. those white papers. They <laughs> yeah. were hilarious. Yeah. Which was the best one, and which was the worst one? Um, so, I think Grid Plus is still the only one that's like actually doing legit stuff. Well, no, I mean, there's like... Grid, Grid Plus had a good white paper. But they don't, they're not um, doing what they said totally, they were going to do. They're, they're just totally like a pivoted. hardware they're wallet just a company, company now. now. Like, yeah. just to be, they're not even an energy KWH company. KWH Coin, I think think had the worst one um, i'm trying to remember a, if it the was... best name <laughs> there's energy web and electron which aren't like doing necessarily what they said either but they're doing they're mm-hmm. like they're like sincere and yeah. like working on good yeah. stuff yeah yeah um no i mean there were a lot of like there was a solar coin there were a lot mm-hmm. of there were a lot of coins related to solar about you know we'll just the sun makes money and every megawatt hour becomes a coin. And then you finance solar with oh your megawatt God. hours. And I was like, I, I'm already, I didn't even listen to what you said. You just, just invented like, And there were like 20 and there were like 20 white papers. They're all like, we're going to do this. And then this solves Con- climate equity yeah. problems. And then everyone earns money and we're done. Congrats. Done. You just discovered the PPA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. We got it. We got it. Okay. So, what but about? you're right. You're right. It's there's like like seeing how the U.S. is utilizing its advantage with reserve. It just seems like yeah, impossible it's the same, it's for the a company same stuff. to ever have that position. Yeah, I mean, like you can. I think there's a way to start a protocol and have like a company or foundation attached to it, but that like 99 percent of the projects are not like disciplined or like well mm-hmm. thought out enough to like actually understand. Have you seen this WorldCoin one? This is so off topic, but I just need to ask. Have you seen this? No. They just raised $100 million. Like Sam Altman's involved. They're going to give everyone on Earth some free WorldCoin, but only if you get your iris scanned. Yeah, that's weird. And you give them the data. No. Because it it creates like a hash that's like your personal identifier. Oh, so they're literally trying to take over the world. But also... (laughs) Like, they have one of those, like, Does well, watch sci-fi movies? Like, that's yeah, yeah. No, I think I remember this. When you read, like, the, like, what their intentions are, you're like, oh, I get that. And then you think about it for, like, 14 seconds, and you're like, wait, this is the worst idea ever. Like, <laughs> oh my do you realize how sideways this can go? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. okay so, back, back to... Back, yeah, why don't so we talk about Nuke back? Bros? Well, I want to... Yeah, so I want to bring it back, but I want to think, like, okay, so we've talked a lot about... People are real upset that like prices are rising on the oil and gas side. It's creating a lot of like real issues for people. And everyone's trying to figure out in the US and Europe, how do we get energy independence? And so there's kind of, you know, a big factor of that is electrification. And I think there's a few, mm-hmm. like always, <laughs> few loud voices in the electrification world. And one of those is the nuke bros. 
Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Right? In the electrification world? What do I you mean? mean, well, you can't really like heat. You can't do gas heat with nuclear, right? Okay. So nuclear itself has an implication of electrification, I think. It's something that well, people that on yeah. nuclear don't really talk about, right? But like you aren't going to heat homes with nuclear oh, I see unless you've saying. electrified yeah. the home. If we want nuclear to be like the No, that was my favorite source. take. You yeah. pointed it out. You're like the gas that Europe buys is for heat. It's mostly heat. Yeah. So yeah. like you need so like, heat pumps. Like you don't yeah. need nuclear. I mean, you, well, nuclear would be do. great. You yeah. do. You need both. But yeah, like, and that's without my point. the heat pumps. Yeah. So I guess happens. maybe I, yeah. I skipped a step. I, no, I which hear is your like, point though. Yeah. But yeah, but, like if when people talk about electrification, it's like unless you can actually get LNG to be like a thing that serves all of Europe, which I just don't think we're going to get to 40% of Europe's gas with LNG no. in the next two not, years no. which is not gonna happen that would be wild um you can work on that but then you also need to electrify because nuclear right the nuke bros are like nuclear is gonna fix it but nuclear doesn't do heat unless you have heat pumps like we should just be very clear there yeah i think what's cool about i mean when we talk about like you need to electrify again like this is like a decades-long process so I think what is encouraging is like how many narratives are emerging where it's like, yes, like, correct. Like this is what we should be doing. But it's also the flip side of it is like, you know, again, like when the Biden administration came out about LNG, they're like, we're going to get more LNG over there, but they also have to reduce gas demand. And it's like a lot of these narratives are like self-serving. Like it's interesting to see like the pieces come together of what, 20 years from now what looks like which is like a lot more heat pumps a lot more lng Mm -hmm. but it's also watching them deployed as the like we have the solution right now like don't worry about the inflation that's coming like i i I feel i feel like oh yeah sorry i guess i was saying like no i'm not saying you were but yeah we've talked about the inflation like the next step is how do we get to energy independence james enough about inflation we're done with inflation it's over (laughs) Inflation's over. <laughs> I mean, it's very much not over, but it's over in this conversation. Putin's inflation <laughs> is over. <laughs> yeah, it's over. I know. I was like, do I need to look up where the nuclear bunkers are in our neighborhood? I like did have that moment where I was like, sometimes I, I see mean, them when I'm walking down the street. You see the little symbol. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know we had those. It's like a lot of schools and stuff are. Yeah. I already told my girlfriend, I'm like, if, you know, it's, we can't control it. We'll just how be many gone sardines? Like, how many cans of sardines? The next, like, just, it's over. Like, you have an hour to think just about it. Throw a rager. Yeah. Be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> Dirt fest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so, okay. So I think, like, when we're thinking about how do we eventually get to energy independence yes. and should we get to energy independence? I'm very encouraged that question. that's what we're talking about again. Mm hmm. Um, what, what happened in the, in the seventies? Cause we did, that is what we talked about in the seventies. Some real stuff did come yeah, out. Yeah. Like what, that's even like maybe an interesting, so yeah. even though that was like a failure. started in the seventies. Yeah. 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 And like that's had, well, that's as what much our, as, our friends in the Lower East Side at, uh, uh, whatever, what was it we called? Like, the energy task force. They yeah. weather, it was started as a weatherization. Project. I know it was like the whole yeah. like zeitgeist then, you know, yeah. and like solar did come out of that. Purpa. Like Jimmy Carter put solar yeah. on his Purpa roof. Came out yeah. of this to do like CHP. And so I think that's what cool is like, this is that moment. Like this is like a massive inflection point in global energy markets, like as big as 1971 or whatever. 
probably even bigger honestly. and it's happening at a time when electrification is already on people's minds and i think it's going to accelerate it even more yeah it's an accelerate it's an accelerationist event for sure like, yeah. like it, it's not going to solve our problem timelines by like a decade. Yeah. We're not, mm-hmm. it's not going to solve our problem for November, 2022 <laughs> right. when Europe yeah. starts winter again. Like, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, sure. You can alleviate it by like 2%. Right. But, um, but I think even within that, it's like the nuke bros are out here being like, we got to do this. I don't know if you want to summarize Mark Andreessen's oh man tweets just just build a thousand nukes I kind of just do it okay so my I one I'm glad he's posting as much as he is I think this is very good for the for the discourse I agree I (laughs) agree actually I'm like because there was a while he went like silent because he was like worried about like getting canceled or something I don't know what it was. He was like, in his Clarence Thomas period. He went you know? dark. He's <laughs> like, I'm not speaking on the issues. But he's back with a vengeance, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, so he tweeted, like, build nuclear frack drill. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, build nuclear, if you're talking about SMRs and not light water reactors. Obviously. Like, please, let's not have to have that conversation Light water reactors again. are so... 60s yeah one no. question i and don't I th- know are there smrs that are light water reactors this is an aside but i because light water right that's a technology not a size you know like i don't know man yeah i okay. don't think so <laughs> weren't you almost a nuke guy or something yeah, yeah isn't but, that like your previous life yeah i mean i could go like you know i've i've got my my physics degree you know i could look at some, <laughs> you got some a textbook here plans, go cook one up or something <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. I just was curious about it. Yeah, don't build no, no, no. don't yeah. build old school. So we've talked about this, but yeah. but uh I think he actually may know that because like even Jigger replied, like, no, he's like actually like putting his money like where his mouth is. He's like yeah. ta- been talking about this for a year. So I'm like, that's cool. I agree. Like we should try and build more SMRs. And the fact that he said a thousand, like I don't think he means a thousand gigawatts you know, <laughs> like, of nukes. That would be a lot. That would be a lot. Um be cool. It'd be cool, yeah. but uh, it doesn't matter because that's not what people are hearing. Like most people don't know what an SMR is. Sure, of course. So not. I think it's uh, like problematic, anyways. Yeah. I also think we should frack and drill and whatever, and like more LNG and do a lot more. <laughs> and then he doesn't mention solar and wind, so it's like yeah, or manufacturing solar and batteries here, which is like my big pet narrative where oh, just yeah. like it should absolutely be that yeah so i mean to be it's fair just like I think he's he... not ri- i'm like okay you tweeted you know i'm like i'm, t- I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt but i'm yeah, also yeah. like you're not really there well yeah, he did go down the kind of like weak renewables have caused this path as well mm. yeah which is um, so lame it's just like cheap i like, think makes kind so of dumb no yeah. sense i hate yeah. that nerd it's like it's because it's like okay the issues that we're having are largely i mean there are like natural gas issues fine but like there's gas which is for your car and not, <laughs> nothing to do with renewables <laughs> and then and then there's like natural gas for heating also nothing to do with yeah it's like those are the two biggest pain points right now yeah it's not it's not really relevant but the other side of it is like, and the to whole, be fair, even, every megawatt hour made by renewables, even if intermittent, means, means we're just, not burning something, yeah. right? And some of that something's gas, right? Yeah. So like, 
well then you have to explain to people capacity and all this stuff but no that's that's what i was gonna say is like my rebuttal to like i don't know oil and gas people were like renewables are unreliable it's like well natural gas peaker plants are so are you or 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 maybe you're saying they're not (laughs) like that's that's how renewables heavy systems work in australia and texas is gas fills the the void like when solar and wind is down so it's like I lo- They're I, cheaper systems, and it's like natural gas is the backstop. So, like, what are you, like, what is this firm power nonsense that we always talk about? I I love this because, uh, yeah, they'll be like capacity factor. Have you heard like, of it? Who cares? Like, you know, Just the solar fire up plants, the gas clunk, the solar man. plants, twenty one percent or something. And I I can always I always think like, do you know what the capacity factor of a peaker plant is? It's like eight percent. Yeah. Are you saying that's unreliable? No, yeah. it's just no. we're using them differently. Right. And it's just I, like a different way of thinking about things. I think this gets back to just like a, a very common perspective I see for people like outside of the energy world who are commenting on it, which is the belief that there's one solution. I know. It's so right. It's like it's so just going to be solar and batteries or it's just going to be nuclear as if for all of. I don't know, however long electricity's existed, the grid has been made up of all sorts of shit, right? Yeah. Because different things are and better in different places. And it varies by ge- geography, even in the same place, by they country, do different jobs. by like political situation. Yeah, like, it, there's no scenario where it's just like one thing solves it. Yeah. It, this drives me no. nuts. Yeah. But the worst part about the nuclear narrative is it is more expensive than... So if you have like solar and wind at sub 50 bucks a megawatt hour and then gas at... 60 bucks nuclear in very advanced like top-down economies like south korea and it's like 90 or it's something like 80 or 90 yeah and here it's like 150 so it's like your solution to inflation is more inflation like, <laughs> what, are you, what, like what are you talking about you just don't get it yeah, yeah like you just not some this really a big brain stuff yeah <laughs> smrs again as we've talked about like takes out the delivery system so it can be cheaper yeah mm-hmm. yeah but where yeah where it's it like, fits what are we talking yeah. about yeah and then i think on the flip side of the electrification or sorry like of the energy independence when talking about electrification is all the renewables people are like well renewables like we just use the sun and it's <laughs> great there's no issues but then they're not talking about all the things that need to be you know all the minerals yes. that are like mined in in well, china oh, the and fact Russia. that literally there was a new yorker article like a month ago about Russia and China coming out with a pact against the West. Like it's a doc document they wrote and we're worried about buying gas from Russia, but not solar and batteries from China, which is where 80% of solar and batteries come Mm -hmm. from. Like, it's just like, I don't know. There's just so everyone who's like pushing the, it's all, it's all just like, we're all, it's all interconnected. Everyone's telling half truths. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there will be, yeah. it is very hard to be fully energy independent. And I would almost like question, this is like kind of a hot take. Well, I think we can be, like, I think it's the right narrative. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like we can, if we aim towards energy independence, like France actually did it. Like they were like, fine, nuclear is more expensive. I don't care. I'm going to build a ton of them and I'm not going to rely on natural gas. And they're in a pretty good position now as a result. So like we can aim towards energy independence, but we have to be like honest about what that means. Right. And we're not, and maybe we're like trying to have the, yeah, yeah. Our cake trying to have it, it all. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
But I, I do like, this is maybe getting a little bit too macro about like war, but I do wonder if like we were all true, like if every country was energy independent, does that create like a less stable system? Cause like then you can attack other countries without like the financial repercussions of having an entangled global economy. And so it's almost like it doesn't really hurt you to attack other yeah. countries. Well, yeah, it goes right? back like, to it's this. Like, tough, yeah. yeah. What interconnectedness does it yeah. breed civility or like sides. leverage? Well, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, my knee jerk reaction is just like, uh, centralization actually leads to like more risk in the system. Like it's very stable for long periods of time, but then when things go wrong, they go like very, they go very, very wrong. wrong. So like everything's interconnected. And as soon as things start breaking down, people are like, I got to grab what's mine. And so like everyone is going to start jockeying for position, like, like as the system, failure. like, yeah. yeah. So it's like the risk of cascading failure is way, way greater. But don't you think if like everyone's on their own, well, that's what I mean. So if they're already on their own, like there's going to be little squabbles on the, every everyone's border, but there's not going to be like the big one, you know? I don't know. Or like if there's your neighbor's more powerful, like they're going to come in and like take all your shit. But that's not like <laughs> that. doesn't. And then they're going to and then that and then now they're their neighbor's neighbor and then they're their neighbor's neighbor's neighbor. Yeah. And they just <laughs> and then now all of a sudden they, they're right. But it's it's more the idea like, I mean, even in the first world wars, like we were already getting more interconnected and like how many tens of millions of people died. Like. It's been pretty stable since, but the the big breakdown can lead to more like net destruction than like all the little squabbles is the point like it's very hard to assess but i feel like much like how uh the power system isn't ever going to be one thing right it's probably the case here that interconnectedness or like not self-reliance can lead to either outcome Mm -hmm. and it's very sort of nuanced about why it's it's going to do go one way or the other in a given situation right yeah and maybe it's like 70 30 or maybe it's 64 like you know who knows um i don't think it's like clearly one way or the other because there certainly are examples of of you know being dependent on each other helping right even just at the very basic kind of like tribal level right so i think it just depends you know Why? I mean, that is an interesting way of looking at it is like if you have like when you have the Eastern interconnection and the Western interconnection, Mm -hmm. um, like a problem in New Orleans can cause a power failure in New York. It's like the more interconnected you get, like the higher the like the further the, the problem can propagate. Whereas if you're Texas, like it's contained like, yeah. Right. I was thinking about it, this the other day. Like, I've actually kind of... This is not popular in energy world, uh-huh. in, like, thinker energy world. But, like, I've kind of gotten on board with Texas's view with, like, being its own power island. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, because it's one thing... They do have, like, some interconnectors. They can, like, trade energy, right, just when it's, like, marginally efficient to do so. But they don't rely on capacity from other states to yeah. make the system fundamentals work, which I think honestly makes a lot of sense because like you don't know what state policies or laws are going to like make that system worse and therefore make you more vulnerable yeah. 
you're not in control. And I'm not it's saying more, everybody should do this, but like I can get more, it. Like I see it. Now they should still be able to trade more energy. Like you can have interconnectors without having interdependence, right? You can like marginally well, trade. Well, the irony of the Texas system is they are dependent on the gas system outside of yeah. Texas. <laughs> right. So that's what failed in Uri. Yep. yep. So like it's not and their system's very gas dependent. So it's like actually not it's like the worst of both worlds because they didn't harden their gas system and that's dependent on you know all sorts of if stuff. There's gas shortages elsewhere, they're gonna have gas shortages. So it's like you know, they're not really doing it the right way, but if mm-hmm. they were, it is more resilient to be non like the fewer dependencies, I guess. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Right. So sort of I mean and then having that like leverage when you need it, which I think Duncan was one of the really interesting things that you talked about with Ukraine is that they were having, right, obviously with the invasions or having power issues and the EU actually was able to like synchronize. Yeah, yeah. The grid. Really crazy. For the first time ever? Is that? I Maybe not I ever. I think so. I, be- <laughs> I believe, yeah, that like the European grid is run out of some Northern European country. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they like, it is synch- cool. They like synced up. To do like that. a bunch of engineers yeah. kind of got together and were like, we got to do this. Yeah. That's so to your cool. point, there's like this nice sense of not having the dependencies on either side, but having that ability to share and kind of like create that additional but if, resilience. If Ukraine, like if a bunch of substations got bombed, like would that impact the rest of Europe's grid now? I don't. Well, I guess in theory, yes. I don't know like, to what extent. Could there be like, a cascading blackout? I don't like, know how the numbers some line crazy up. Crazy voltage swing. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. I think sure. it's always possible, but I thought because they're ascending load, it was less likely that it would backfeed in or something. There's got to be some, yeah. That I'm sure they thought about it before synchronizing the grid. Or one not would, sure. One let me hope. let me not say I'm sure, <laughs> but I <laughs> I would hope that if they thought about yeah. it. What What about I? I think this was a week and a half ago. The whole like firefight outside the nuclear plant in Ukraine. Were you guys following yeah, what this? The hell? That was yeah. kind of wild. Um, like, I feel like that rekindled some people's fears of nuclear. They're yeah. like watching oh, yeah. like things blow up near a nuclear plant and like, holy crap. Actually, there was like yeah, a run on say... iodine pills. Now, I do think there was like yeah. some of it, I believe, um, and, and, I hope people don't. It interpret- wasn't as bad as you'd think, though. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I like I, I don't. I hope people it don't interpret said to this me the that, wrong like, way. The fears are less than they were. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of, and this is smart of them, and I'd do it too. Like Ukrainian propaganda, kind of saying like Putin's a madman. He's trying to blow up the nuke plant, right. you know, which wasn't exactly and happening. Then, like Mark Nelson's on Twitter, like, no, this is, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing bad can happen in this situation. Yeah, yeah. But it publicly, I do think it kind of freaked people out. People were like sort of glued to the TV screen watching that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it caused, yeah, it caused like a run in Europe on like getting iodine pills and like. Really? Yeah. That's wild. They like, the prices went up. Like, Does that do you have you yours? Really, Does that help you, help you deal with? Yeah. It's like yeah. it reduces radiation. Do you, have, do you have yours? No, I like considered buying some though. <laughs> I really did. I didn't did. know. I'm I was just like, kidding. I don't have any. I was like, oh, should I have some? I'm heavily irradiated anyway. I grew up on the Susquehanna River. It's, we're all just fucked. Yeah. Is that what? I, <laughs> you like go fishing and like you catch fish and they have like three eyes. Like that's dope. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I don't think it's irradiated. I'm just joking. It's just heavily polluted from coal. You're um, from Pennsylvania. Yep, yep. Um, um, yeah, but so I, I totally agree with you. It's been interesting for me to like see all this nuclear talk on like, oh, nuclear is going to solve this problem. And I'm kind of like, is that how a lot of people feel seeing like nuclear plants in the middle of this? Because that was the, you know, that was the yeah, time where I was kind of yeah. like, oh, right. Like, yes, I think there was like things happening, but I'm also kind of like in a global world in which like there is war, like nuclear, maybe not like a risk of like people. Yeah. But like things get, of like, yeah, of, like radiation leaks, right? Like that becomes because before you're kind of like, oh, like you build it safe and you like know the yeah. earthquakes and you're like, right, like bombs are also a thing. That I well, had considered. I, I mean, there's even safety. yeah. At least like reading along whatever like Mark Nelson, he's like a sharp dude. Uh, was putting out there was like yeah. Tell me bombing. It wasn't like actually a risk of like melting down the plant or whatever, but it's also like Fukushima happened from. You know, maybe that was like that one particular plant, but Fukushima happened from a tsunami, a tsunami, and they didn't have like auxiliary backup. So, like, there's obviously, there's definitely a bunch of plants out there where you could probably conceivably, like, mm-hmm. force a meltdown of some degree. Yeah. It's not just to say that, like, everyone's just going to start bombing nuclear plants and that actually can lead to meltdown, which is, like, yeah. actually a lot harder to do than it seems. But it is a risk, right? Like, to your point. Yeah. So, anyway, just... Just things that I've been thinking about as I, you know. Buy an iodine s- pill. Buy iodine Get pills. Get your iodine pills at drtaskforce.com. <laughs> They're branded. <laughs> That's kind of funny. What other, what other, okay. what other narratives? I, we have on? to talk about how Chamath is derpilled. Oh, I love this. Yeah, yeah. Can you, like, give us the rundown here? Well, I think, you know, um, his perspective on what the U.S. should do to increase energy independence is the U.S. government should spend $4 trillion and give every home I think it was solar. Two. I think two, it was two. Sorry, two. Yeah. Uh, two, a much more reasonable number. Much more Two reasonable. trillion. And give everybody solar or like heavily subsidize it, um, which is a lot. <laughs> but um, it is, I think it's kind of interesting because I, I think this is actually a broader theme. You're, I think you're starting to see the kind of like reflexive VC thinks solar is dumb thing break down. Yeah. Um, like that's one example. And Chamath's in what, Palmetto now? And yeah. one other thing. Uh, yeah. One lender, Sunlight Financial, or no, uh, another lender. I forget. And then you saw like Lux Capital, who were like the biggest like I know. solar well, Josh, week. Josh Wolf is. Yeah. Solar's soy boy. <laughs> but like, just put a bunch of money into Aurora and Aurora's killing it. Um, but that's for like home solar primarily. Right. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Well, the like, funny thing is home solar is like the most Chad thing ever. Cause like there's, we've never been able to produce power on site or, or any energy it's generation cool. source. Yeah. Like think about it. You'd need a derrick and a refinery and an engine for oil and gas to like make energy aside from like collecting wood and like throwing it, but you yeah. can't create like a steam engine with like biomass from your backyard. You <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, you just throw a solar on your roof and like you have power and yeah. you can do all sorts of shit with it. Yeah. That's cool. That's Chad. Uh, it is Chad. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly having like an oil rig and a refinery and a 
generator like no you don't you wouldn't want you don't want that in your backyard yeah you wouldn't want it yeah you can't it's not possible so it's it's like the first time we've ever been able to do that so yeah i just i don't know i think it's cool to see kind of like i'll just say like finance influencers like kind of getting it Um, you know what the fun used to be cool to not get it you know right there's two funny things about it though one where does that two trillion dollars go uh, to like tax equity. Where does that go? Big banks. What are you buying? I mean, you're you mean? $2 trillion of solar panels. You're buying them from oh, China. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And we're back. It's just like, here's one. my, here's my, like, <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is they it's should, I don't hate they it, should just build, but they should just build some manufacturing plants here no, with the $2 trillion will... and then manufacture the plant the solar panels here and then sell them to America. Yeah. It's just more of like, we're going to print dollars to like make solar happen. Like we should. Don't just like blow it once. Like take like, at least yeah. half the money and like put it into. Create the thing that makes build. solar forever. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Rather than just kind of. The good part. Yeah. The silver lining is though, is like if you buy a bunch of panels and you install them, like it does obviously create energy for like for 20 years. years. That's yeah. really cheap. So like. Yeah. You can use that to manufacture, but that's like, you know, it's still, uh, doesn't really get at the heart of the problem. Sure. I also think it's just kind of like 5% thought through in the hilarious, like Chamath way. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to go big on this, (laughs) which is kind of fun. I like that. But at the end, it's like, it sounds like this like bold idea, but it's like like, who installed $2 trillion for solar on every home is like a lot of, that's a lot of money per home. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he did some back of the envelope math, but the funny thing is, is like who installs the panels? The company he just invested in. <laughs> Chamath loves pumping his. Well, he, no, they don't he talks his it. book Isn't all the Palmetto time. Palmetto basically like a lead gen and then marketplace for the installers. So presumably this would all go through Palmetto. Right? I mean, they'd yeah. benefit for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like even more so. None of the construction yeah. risk. Like the intermediary. The, yeah, 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 right. Just, just, just like a, just, the solar just bank. Just the, the markup. Just taking the vig <laughs> off. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll get a nice vig. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. it is like of the like, you know, Uber for electricity tech takes. I like I like it more. Yeah, than I others. like it. Yeah. What other what other stuff do we have going on? What's on the list? We were gonna talk about. Do we have to just Germany? continuing to embarrass itself on energy policy (laughs) i actually i think this really plays into like something i've wanted to say it which is you know so germany's been on this like 20-year journey of being more and more reliant on natural gas right closing nuclear plants closing coal plants you know building renewables which is good but not really dealing with the like firming you know peaker thing just kind of gas right and that's mostly gas from russia uh Nord stream one and Nord Stream 2, potentially, but now no longer. Um, But what it makes me think about, after talking about all these blank fixes this takes, is like, the situation was created over two decades. It's just remotely impossible to fix it over like a year. Yeah. It's like, as someone who's like, really into decentralized energy and like individual actors making decisions and stuff, if 
central policy is going to be a part of this. Like, it's a long game. Like, th- these are slow-moving, like, big, hulking markets. Yeah. And, like, if you make mistakes for 20 years, like, you're going to pay for them. Yeah. There's just no way out of it. Or there's no pain-free way out right. of it at right. least you can't you just, just like course correct that you know what i mean it's 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 not yeah you're driving you're a gonna reap what you sell ski, like you know? for sure uh, yeah. yeah and it, it just I, I don't know what you do when you're in that position but like it just to me it just kind of feels like a moment of like the next 10 years are not going to be good no um and we just have to make sure we don't make 20 years of mistakes again right. <laughs> like that's really the lesson like well i think that's the that's kind of what I wanted to ask next. Like, obviously I <clears throat> bash the Biden narrative a bit like at the top, but like, what, 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 what would you like if you were president right now, like, what would you do? Cry. <laughs> <laughs> that would maybe be more productive of just signaling like, yeah, we're fucked. Like, <laughs> but it is this very tricky, like, you know, I do think the post-World War II, like, power structure, global energy markets, like, U.S. dollar is the backstop of the world, and so is our Navy and whatever, is, like, totally the breaking down. Falling. Like, it's, yeah. you know, if you look at Russia and Ukraine, you look at Saudi Arabia saying now they may sell their oil and yuan, not dollars like that's new since the 70s like we've never done that yeah um china talking you know being very aggressive in the south china sea like our fiasco in afghanistan like there's no question that we're like pulling back and so part of it is there is still some strength in the narrative of the u.s like being the hegemon even if we aren't anymore you know what I mean? Like, what happens yeah. if the president comes out and is like, we can't do it anymore. We're turning inwards. Here's a, here's our plan. Like, what happens to the world in that scenario? Like, it's a hard thing to say that's what, like, you should come out and do. So instead, what we get is this, like, oh, no, we're still, like, got it together. We're still strong. Like, it's just Putin's price hike and we'll get through it. And it's just, like, not true anymore. So I think at, on the one time, on the one hand, like. So perpetu- what would you do? Well, I'm saying it's very hard. Like, perpetuating the system is very hollow. Like, the the narratives that are, like, perpetuate, like, the U.S. as the dominant power or whatever are are hollow. And then, on the other hand, like, you can't just come out and say, like, it's over. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Do we just end up kind of, like, culturally sort of where, like, England has been for the past, like the declining empire kind of like status. Yeah. Because um, I think that's been very hard for them culturally. Because um, I always think about, I don't think culturally we're at all ready for like the. Yeah, no, that the, the, the US down. culture is yeah. not ready for not being the best. Like yeah, that not literally. Not being the best, not like just having not to say that we were the ability to at least like come out and say like we win at everything whatever and well and also i just think like, like on the ground we, culturally we we do. oh yeah sorry you're right <laughs> on, on, on the, like on the, on the ground level <laughs> shit we're like so not ready to reckon with this like excess advantage that we all benefit from every day but don't think about yeah right we're like 
you know, everything's cheaper because of this in the U.S. Whatever. Like, yeah. there's all these benefits the average person person experiences because of hegemony, right? And like, is has not reckoned with like, what does my life look like in right. a, in a post like <clears throat> dominant America world? Right. It looks a lot fucking different, right? And I, I just don't think we have the sort of like resolve for that, right? I think it'll be internally. Yeah, globally as well, but internally, I think it'll be chaos. Totally, but I'm not I saying know, that's man. an argument that, against that's, doing that's it. That's ultimately Maybe you have like, to do it. like that's ultimately my critique is like we're getting answers from our leadership that are not dealing with the present reality. Like they're yes, like saving face in a lot of ways, and like I do believe that really strong leadership in times of crisis regardless of how bad it gets can turn things around and like so what is like the you know what is the strong narrative to come out and start projecting and i don't really know what that is but i'll like, give you mine i, I, okay. I have one yeah. which i think i'll, I'll give you mine after you but. you look at this current administration and the last one and the thing they share in common is their sales pitch looks backwards right it's kind of like trump was this kind of make america 100%. great thing Biden is in a way as well, obviously not like that same style, but he's kind of saying Build like, you remember your union yeah. job? Yeah. Do you remember, right. you know, General Motors? That shit's so you know, gone. All like all of it is just gone. So what I would say just at the highest level, and I don't obviously have the details worked out, but the right narrative is like something that's actually moving forward. Yeah. Right. It's very hard to do that because yeah. like you're exposed then. It's risky. Right. Like. People right. might think you're full of shit. But that's it. Well, like, it's like, like, I have a plan. But it's not like, It's not just like, like referential. It's not like, yeah. remember the emotional feeling of some other time? Yeah. No. It's like, no, we're going to chart new territory. Right. That's, I think, where we have to go. Right. So I do think, I agree with that. Um, I think there's a balance between what we communicate externally and what we communicate internally. But I actually wrote... Um, I, my apologies, but it's like a 38-minute read on Medium. <laughs> Holy shit. It's, so everybody buckle up. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Did, the, did your cat just sleep the, on your keyboard for a little while? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's the part four of the like Age of Electron series or whatever that I've been trying to write for a year. And I think so the, the point of it at the end of the day, like from an energy policy perspective at least, is like, we got to keep building as much solar and wind as possible in resource resource rich areas because it's cheap as hell. And like, that's really good for us no matter what. Agree. We should be fracking and drilling a lot. I know everyone doesn't want to admit that right now, but I'll say it. I'll, I'll jump on Elon's uh, train here. Let's next one more decade. Okay. One, <laughs> like we just for now, transition fuel, whatever. Um, we got to fund Slash red tape and fund early deployments of SMRs. Yep. Hard agree. Um, we got an onshore manufacturing of semiconductors, solar, battery storage, medical devices. We got to be able to make our own masks in the next pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also agree. Um, whatever it is, we should be building more stuff here. Um, that requires transitioning away from the US dollar as the global reserve currency. That's a well, I don't know. You guys can say whatever you want about that one. No, I hear you. Yeah. So, which means is I think we got to go back to hard currencies like gold, 
I think Bitcoin is a contender, especially because it's powered by electricity and like electricity is the commodity of the future. And there's like sly ways to like rebuild our balance. Like if you start going buying gold and Bitcoin on the open market with US dollars, like if you're the central bank, like we can't just start buying hard currencies to put back on our balance sheet because the market will be like, wait, we don't want U.S. treasuries anymore. Like, why would we mm-hmm. hold dollars? But you can, like, in places like tax, Texas, like, just tax... Um, Bitcoin miners. Bitcoin miners hmm. in Bitcoin. And it's like a... You know, there's, like, sly ways to try and do this. Or, like, Luke Grauman said, like, we just banned... Or we, we seized Russia's financial reserves. And that's, like, a strong <laughs> way of basically being, like, we're not doing this anymore. Like... Mm-hmm. Stop! Like the U.S. dollar is not the global reserve currency anymore. Oh, I thought you were saying that's like an easy way to get some money. Get some cash. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, if you just steal money, quick yeah. cash. Yeah. Um, as we burn the thing down, we're just going to steal everybody's money. Yeah. And I think, like, as part of that, we're trying to like reinvigorate domestic labor. Uh, you know, in like manufacturing is like a big domestic issue solve, obviously, mm-hmm. because more jobs is like less populist unrest Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i think we need to start looking ourselves as a regional hegemon not a global hegemon so like there's a lot of lithium in chile and yeah like we should be building trading um pairs only with the countries that we feel like truly aligned with you know Mm -hmm. um and so as far as how you communicate that i think it's very tough but those are like components of, you know, at the end of the day, like our supply chains are built to protect and import produced goods. We're not like going after raw materials anymore because we don't have factories to put the raw yeah. materials into anyways. Yeah. So it's like reorient supply chains around raw materials and the like countries that we can actually trade with, rebuild our industrial base um, and move away from the US dollars, the reserve currency and put like, America as an energy superpower at the heart of that. And that's like what I do like about emerging out of this. Cause we can like solar and wind in like panhandle and Arizona and Texas, like we're going to have some of the cheapest energy on the planet. We also have a ton of natural gas there. Um, and like we have SMR companies that are like pioneering, hopefully the future of nuclear. So it's just like, just, throw the kitchen sink at all of these things and mm-hmm. understand that like the U S can be dominant in, in energy, which is like the most important thing to be dominant in. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, James McGinnis, 2024, <laughs> is that, is that the pitch? <laughs> the 32? Is that fun? Uh, no, yeah. 2028. No, no, I don't think, I mean, um, I think the challenge there is like, yeah, just, I think culturally you need to get people on board with like the plan kind of. Yeah. And I don't know to what extent, but like people have to kind of be down, you know? But I think they are like, yeah. I think we, especially my, my working theory is that like, you know, you can talk about like defund the police or like, you know, when you use like, depending on how you frame the issue, 70% of Americans agree upon it. So like, if you just say it like criminal justice reform or something like 70% of Americans are like, yeah, we put way too many people in prison. It's like really fucked up what we do to people. But when you make it this like culture war, like should we defund the police or not? Like 
Sure. Blue lives matter. Yeah. Black, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the underlying issue of like, we're over incarcerating and like treating minorities poorly. Like no one disagrees with that. Or if it's like, we should bring back manufacturing. Everyone's like, yes, but Trump says it in his crazy way. And like, no one's down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I guess I was, I think like seven or, or climate change. Like, I think a lot of the right even now is like, yeah, we should emit less carbon. Like no one disagrees with that. Yeah. So it's just to say that like, I think 70% of the U S agrees on hot button issues more so than we're presently like admitting or mm-hmm. seems apparent in day-to-day discourse. I guess what I was thinking about is less so, yeah, like agreement on like, that sounds good. I'd like that. And more so like there will be some pain felt to accomplish that. Right. Like we will have to adjust to, uh, things with semiconductors being more expensive for some period of time until, you know, our manufacturing capacity is like as sophisticated as Taiwan's, right? Like people have to want it enough to kind of quote, pay for it. Right. right? I don't, and I don't just mean costs. I mean like disruption and the way we know things to be right. Well, it's just coming one way or another. Like there's no not painful way out of this. And I think the longer igno- mm-hmm. we ignore it, agreed, the more agreed. painful it becomes. Agreed. agreed. It's like no, someone totally just got to be an adult and just like tell people what's going to happen. I actually like, like Biden was like, is, there's going to be fo- food shortages. It's real. Like, <laughs> like there's a bit mm-hmm. of truth we need to be discussing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, well that I think, I think there's w- one place where you and I tend to disagree a lot. Like, I think the people who have to be adults are all of us, right? Yeah. Because, like, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I don't think someone can really be this honest today because they would never be put in a position of yeah, power. No one wants to hear yeah. it. No one wants no to one hear, wants like, to hear it. things are looking bad. We have to make some big moves. I think there's a good outcome, but right. it's going to be a little hard. Like, right. no one wants to hear that. Yeah. Right. And you can't get, you can't stay in power long enough to actually make the change if you yeah, take right. that approach. Yeah. Right? right. So like you could start it, but then someone else is going to easily swoop in. Cause everyone's gonna be like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, I don't like, want to What happened that? here? Yeah. Um, and then they're just going to like revert everything. Yeah. And then like, it just doesn't, didn't matter. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's also like, this is the nature of like being a good politician is like some figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you can't, tell the world we're pulling back from the world stage because then no one's going to take you seriously anymore. But you also have to tell your country that like, we're not doing that anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, it's like a hard a, yeah. tightrope to walk, but so I'm not, I don't know what the narrative is and how you like talk to people. Are there are any like, political yeah. strategists that listen to this podcast yeah. want to help us out? Get on it. <laughs> but I do think those are like components of any effective mm-hmm. Absolutely. plan. So so you get calling. Do you have a different plan or? I mean, Duncan, I'm still crying in the corner. You're right? still like, um, yeah, no. like, you're looking at bomb shelters. All um, correct, by the way. For, yeah, like, no, I no, I like, I agree with you generally. Like, I think it's an all of the above approach. Um, I do struggle a little bit more with like the pulling back from, from like the world stage yeah. side because I just like. I yeah I I struggle with that I like yeah. struggle with being like okay why sorry, do you kind of, why do you struggle? I struggle with being like sorry people who are like being bombed like we're not gonna help you yeah that like that is a a hard thing for me to say like I yeah. I feel like I'm like we have the power and so we like have a responsibility to help and we have the responsibility to help until we don't have that power anymore 
Right. That's just like, that's my take on it. And that's feels like, right. yeah. what is what feels right for me. And so I'm kind of like, I don't want to get involved in a war. And so from my perspective, sometimes I'm like, well, the interconnectedness is good because it's like, it's the only lever we have. If we didn't yeah. have an interconnectedness lever, like the only option we would have is going to war to help. And that's really terrifying to me. Right. So I'm like, but I also recognize that. So I you're saying think- like economic sanctions on Russia are like the best the best option because if we didn't have the ability to do that then we'd have to go to war or just let people die there'd be no there'd middle, be no other middle there, path there's no yeah. middle path yeah. yeah it's uh it's not that i again like that i don't agree or that it's any less like difficult to discuss it's an understanding of the trade off which is the yeah, ability not, not, like, the ability for the us right to decision. right but it's like the ability the fact that we have the ability to put crippling sanctions on Russia through like all this economic weaponry is also what's destroying our domestic situation. You know what I mean? Like the oh, longer yeah, I, I the recognize. USD system goes on and like the more we're con- going to continue to like not have an industrial base, like further hollow out our middle class. So it's like, I don't know. It's just that it's it's not that I'm like you're not right. It's just that like I feel it's just that it's hard. Oftentimes I mean, it's never that good... we don't fully appreciate the trade-offs. I mean, I'm kind of like wartime mobilization of heat pumps. You know, <laughs> maybe we use them, maybe yeah. we don't. But let's just get people let's working just on get them. People, I mean, I'm never gonna argue with that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, or maybe it's something sa- you know. At the same time, though, like. Someone's got to say it, but moving into Ukraine as like and bombing homes and stuff as like the like Putin's evil and everything. We did that shit all over the Middle East. Like we bombed the fuck out of Iraq. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I was literally crying on the TV while watching the TV of that in middle school. Right. Like I felt very, very much the same as I feel now when we went to Iraq. I just didn't have the ability to vote. Like <laughs> to be very clear, it wouldn't have helped then because I think it w- what it was ninety nine to one in the Senate or something. Yeah, I mean they oh, were, the vote. Yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know, something like that. Um, but uh, there might have been two. It was not. It was overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, favor. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that we're great. I'm just saying that when we have the when we have and the power, we like should use a, it. Yes, it's not even like an American doomer thing. Like. You think China's bad? Like, look at the U.S. Like, I hate stuff like that. Yeah, but, sure, yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's hard, man. Oh, agreed. So we we didn't. I mean, I think out. I think we we didn't we did not create world peace tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Wait, but no, it would. April twenty fifth. The hydrogen economy. Ooh. If we were all just on hydrogen. Are we back to Duncan's crazy ideas? If we were just on hydrogen, hydrogen. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah, we'd be. Fu- it's the most abundant. There's hydrogen. It's the most in abundant the room with us thing right on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just surprised. Did I just create hydrogen? Is that or did, did I breathe it or in? Did you Some, use it? I don't know. Something. H2O. That's hydrogen. No, I'm. Just, I'm surprised those people haven't come out of the woodwork during all this. That right? is. That is true. Because it, it can heat a home. It can power. We just a power haven't plant. found them. They're on Twitter somewhere. They're somewhere. It just no one's listening. Hydrogen Twitter. Yeah. Although I know in in Europe, like that's like a whole lobby that's like 
actually pretty powerful, way more than in the U.S. Like hydrogen is a big thing. Anyway, that was more of a joke than anything. You're a hydrogen guy, eh? Yeah. yeah. It was yep. it was a joke in quotes. Yeah. Sorry, I realized <laughs> we're on a podcast. Um, okay, so we haven't created world peace. I think we all think we should be doing more manufacturing here. Um, James is going to blow up the U.S. currency <laughs> and ultimately. So, and gold. Something about gold. And something about uh, gold. I bought gold. It's delivery. Good. Gold delivery Gold's, service, right? Gold's cool. Yeah, I have gold. You buy gold. It's goldmoney.com. It's like not. Goldmoney.com. Like, it's literally called goldmoney.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, very secure. Like, you guys are like, where are you getting this gold? You literally was buy it, it on inf- the website. Was it an infomercial? You choose what vault to put it in. Like, you know, you can do New York City, Toronto, like wherever. And then you can demand delivery of it if you want. Okay, so question. Yeah. Do you think if we're at a situation which gold is a thing that you need, someone's going to deliver it to you? Uh, hopefully I'd be smart enough to realize to get it what's coming. <laughs> but it's also, we don't have to go into it, but the nature of paper gold doesn't, like you need to own the underlying what the hell is paper gold? So like, just like a thing that says I own gold. There's it's some deep, deep, like, uh, uh, Luke Grom and stuff. Just how like Putin could use gold to like create a short squeeze on like, like the, um, like the LBMA and the, uh, Comex. I'm just Liter- nodding along. Yep. Okay, I, this, I don't we're going to cut under, this part, I don't even guys. fully understand it, but it's just to say that, like, when you own an Luke ETF... Luke Robbins like, had to buy gold. He there's, like, gold. Weird, there's weird price action that can happen when you're, like, buying an, uh, an ETF instead of, like, the underlying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think any gold ownership, you know, without physical proprietorship is just weak, you know? That's right. You just... You you're should right. You should go out to Long Island and... Just dig a hole. Start putting it in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> or, or put it in the pool, maybe, under the pool. Yeah. You, you dig a hole and you pour cement over it. Yeah. I mean, that's... And you, and you buy a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to end on a happier note than that. Fuck Putin. And who are we giving uh, big shouts to? I think we should give it to ourselves. Okay. Uh, people need to know about Dirt Fest. Ooh, we don't. We're have announcing details. that now. I don't think we're announcing. It's November just like, 10? We're November ten. We're teasing November ten. November ten. Save the date. Something called Dirt Fest is happening. Put it in your calendar, and we're gonna talk about bring your gold. Durs and gold and <laughs> no, no, not gold. Russia. Um, but yeah. Big shouts to Asahi as the unofficial sponsor. <laughs> the unofficial sponsor of this episode. <laughs> You know, podcasts that are like, uh, I take athletic greens every day. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just, Asahi. <laughs> Buy some Asahis and uh, some gold and go in a corner and cry with Colleen. No, but I'm me. here. Anytime you need to cry, we're on anytime Grand you Ave, need a hug, you know, we're here. That's she knows where the bomb shelters are. <laughs> Big shouts to bomb shelters. <laughs> Glad they exist. We can't end this way. I'm depressed. We're going to be fine. Dirt Fest is going to be cool. Put be it fine. in your calendar. What else? We, we've got, we're going to do some in-person stuff soon, I think. We're going to do um, uh, just like happy hour type stuff. Get a few it's different gonna, cities It's going to be fine. It. Yeah. We're going to be fine. 
That, big, I'm serious. Big shouts to I know, it's peace. funny because like my friend, like I talked to my friends and they're like, dude, you're so pessimistic. I'm like, I'm the most optimistic person I know. Like when I think of like 15 years from now, I'm like, shit's going to be great. Like we're going to turn this whole thing around. But short term, yeah, like it's it's not going to be easy. So blackpilled in the short run. Very much think, you know, there's a new, you know, our generation is going to like turn things around. So just like go to fucking work and do good shit and, you know, be a good person. We'll be fine. There you go. I'm in. And come to Dirt Fest. Yeah. That's a prerequisite to any of those other things. Reply guy, Mark Andreessen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Big shouts to uh, Chamath and uh, Ellen G. Big shouts to Josh Wolf. Yeah. Converted. I don't know. I I never thought I'd say that. I just thought I'd see how it felt, and it wasn't great. Didn't feel good. Yeah. See you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, DER task force members. That's a wrap. As always, please make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter on our brand new looking website, dertaskforce.com, and keep a lookout for our monthly meetups and in-person happy hours and events, as well as other exciting things happening in the Dirt Tiff community, like our job board, our famous swag, new logo, and make sure you mark your calendars for November 10th for Dirt Fest, which will be something you'll not want to miss. Lastly, tweet at us at DERTaskForce on Twitter with your favorite quotes from the episode and keep the conversations going there and on our Slack. Have a good one.